We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. So much to discuss, including four Major League Baseball divisional playoff games today. We'll talk to Kevin Millar of MLB Network about all that and about the hustling controversy with young Ronald Acuna of the Atlanta Braves. And what about CC Zabat? getting left off the Yankees postseason roster, at least in this divisional series. A lot to get to in the next hour. Home and Home brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I am Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker on the road in West Point today, getting ready for that call of the Army and Tulane college football game should be a beauty. Speaking of college football, let's talk about it all with the legendary head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Bob Stoops, the author of the new book, No Excuses, The Making of a Head Coach. Coach Stoops, great to see you. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. The book is outstanding. Um, a lot of takeaways in terms of if you are a young head coach and what you can learn, as well as other people starting in their profession, what they might need to grind it out. But me, as a husband coach, a lot of credit in this book and throughout this book to your wife and what she's meant for your journey. Tell me about that. Yeah, Dave, she, she's a great leader. Um, no one knows you uh, better than your wife. Uh, you know, so she, she's given good advice and uh, she's been great counsel through the years. Uh, you know, she was uh, also a very successful, uh, she was a national sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics. She had a big, team of people that that work with her she was a great leader um you know so she also understands leadership and what it takes to be successful so just through the years it was um, you know uh she was good counsel you know anytime i really had a hard time she's the first one that you know you i you know i talked it over with coach i don't know if it's in the book or not and i i can't remember if i heard you telling the story or i read it somewhere but you were talking about your father and the impact also that uh, he had on your life as well as the DeBartolo family uh, when you could go so that your family could go to the Rose Bowl when you played. And I was hoping you could relay that story because I don't think I caught all of it, but it sounded really cool. Yeah, my junior year at Iowa, uh, after 17, 18 years of losing seasons, um, you know, we were co-champs uh, of the Big Ten and they're going to play in the Rose Bowl. Uh, so I was a junior. My brother, Mike, uh, was my backup at safety and he's a redshirt freshman. And my dad's just, a, you know, my dad's a teacher and a coach in high school. And we have a big family. You know, I'm, I'm one of six kids. And so he's just trying to with my mother, who always going to be able to go to the Rose Bowl game. And of course, Eddie DeBartlow Jr. calls him right away, who's a, who is a good friend of my dad's and went to school at our high school. And he just told my dad, listen, he, he didn't want my dad arguing with him. He, he's going to send out whoever uh, Eddie was going to take care of, whoever wanted to go 
go to the game uh, of my family, even my extended family. Whoever wanted to go, he was going to fly them out, put them up in a room and take care of it all. And just wanted my dad to feel at ease that not, you don't have to worry about who all can make it and what you can afford. As I mentioned, so many stories about your rise throughout the coaching ranks, what it takes to grind throughout this profession, some great stories about the characters you've, you've worked with. Um, but it's certainly a, a, a lot of lessons there for people to take away as, as they talk about this coaching profession. I can't help but wonder, what is life like now once football, once you're not coaching, what are you doing now? Are you appreciating it more or do you miss those sidelines? Oh, you miss the sidelines terribly. Uh, there's there's no getting around that. Um, I said the, the first year was incredibly awful. The second year was just awful. Now I'm on the third <laughs> year, and and little by little, it's become easier. But it, it's hard. It, you know, when that's what you've done your whole life is has been on a sideline and out there competing, and you miss that challenge. You miss the fight of it all. Uh, there's no getting around that. But uh, – you know, this new, uh, you know, situation, this new opportunity for, with the XFL uh, uh, teams, I'm going to coach the Dallas Renegades, I think is going to fuel that fire a little bit. Give me give me that, uh, you know, being on the sideline again, an opportunity to, you know, to be in some competition. So uh, anyway, it, it, it's it was hard, you know, but I'm, I'm working on it. And I, I think this new adventure is going to be exciting and fun. Coach, I want to ask you about the XFL in a little bit, but I want you to refresh my memory. I know you, you, I'm sure you answered all the questions when you decided to step down in Oklahoma, but can you refresh my memory on, on why you did step down, especially knowing, you know, how good of a team you were supposed to have that year? Yeah, there, there was no one particular reason. It, it just, after 18 years and we were, you know, we had had a lot of success. I, I had just felt I had run my course at Oklahoma. I had, I said it, I had run my race. I felt f fulfilled. Um, I was sort of completed what I was going to do at Oklahoma after 18 years. And uh, I know everyone kept saying, you know, wait for the shoe to drop. There's something wrong. As you've seen, there was nothing wrong. It was just, as I said, I, I was just ready for my own time, my own space, and I had done my deal at Oklahoma, and uh, I knew I had the right guy in place with Lincoln Riley ready to take over and continue to push the program forward. Um, so anyway, um, I just uh, didn't want to miss the right time, uh, and so I stepped out. I I was aware that I had a very mature and uh, – mature team and experienced team that could handle it and the transition would be really smooth and it, it, it happened that way so uh, uh, again I, I just uh, was ready to to see what else uh, you know in this this life what, what else would come and uh, so I'm I'm still working on it well, it says a lot about you, Coach, for sure, that you went ahead and, and did that and gave the team to Lincoln Riley when you knew you'd have a good team like that. I'm curious. You know, they're off to another unbelievable start. People are talking about Jalen Hurts for the Heisman. You know, maybe it's thir three straight years for the Heisman OU quarterback. At what point, Coach, do we wonder, is it really that these quarterbacks are that good and deserving of the Heisman 
or is it more Lincoln Riley's system? I mean, if, if nine years from now, their OU is going for their 12th consecutive Heisman winner, I think it might be Lincoln Riley more than the actual kids. Well, let me tell you this. If you and I were in that, court, uh, in that quarterback room and we were the quarterbacks, you wouldn't be up for the Heisman. <laughs> so, nor, nor, nor would I. So, uh, I think it's both. I, I think uh, the, those players are incredibly talented. The last two are the very first pick in the draft. Uh, they're not picking them the first, you know, the first player in the draft. The last two, if if they don't have the arm strength, uh, the intelligence, uh, all the uh, the great athletic skills that they have, uh, they would the, the NFL teams would realize it's an, it's Lincoln Riley's system, not the talent, but. It's both. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Coach Riley because he is great at playing to the quarterback strengths and has a great quarterback friendly system. But uh, those guys are all talented, as is Jalen Hurts. He he throws a great football. He can run with it. He, he got a great arm. So so anyway, I think it's the talent going with Lincoln Riley's system. One of those quarterbacks, and we're talking with Bob Stoops, won a national championship, of course, at Oklahoma. Ten Big 12 titles is now the author of No Excuses, the making of a head coach. One of those players to win the Heisman is a guy named Baker Mayfield who walked on to Oklahoma when you were there and when you were loaded at the quarterback position, didn't necessarily need Baker. What impressed you? What are your memories about the personality and the swagger of this young man that said to you, yeah, we want, we need this kid? Well, he just came to a, uh, he just enrolled in school and came to our first team meeting in the second semester after our redshirt freshman quarterback was just named the MVP of the Sugar Bowl and beat <laughs> Alabama. You know, that tells you all you need to know about Baker Mayfield. Most people are looking to transfer somewhere where they don't have a quarterback or they just lost a senior quarterback and there's no one else there ready to play. He, he, he goes and comes to us when we had a redshirt freshman just had a great year so that that's him uh, the guy the, the swagger's natural complete competitor in every way and uh he's incredibly talented to have that uh, to go with that kind of attitude so he's a special guy and uh as he continues on in the nfl he'll continue to have success well, Coach, speaking of success, obviously your successor, Lincoln Riley, has had a ton of success. We talk NFL a lot on this show, and we already get people who are wondering which team is going to get or try to get Lincoln Riley to be their head coach after this year. I guess I'm just curious, what would you say to Lincoln if he called you? Maybe he already has and was debating between staying at, at, at OU or taking one of these NFL jobs he's sure to be offered after the season? Well, I, I think it's everybody's individual choice. I, I don't know that all those NFL jobs, you know, at least half of them may, may not be as good as the job he has. Um, some of those pe people in the NFL might want to be the head coach at Oklahoma. So at the end of the day, I think he's excited and happy and fulfilled with what he's done. Family and, and a great wife. To, so it's always, too, a family decision on, uh, you know, how you want to work and how you want to live. And let's face it, he's making six and a half million dollars. What's wrong with what he's doing? So why <laughs> what, NFL is, doesn't I get it's the elite of football. 
but that doesn't mean the job's always better. So at the end of the day, I, I'm not so sure he he's he's in a great situation, making great money, you know, living a great life, and uh, loves what he does, coaching for Oklahoma, uh, working with players this age. He, he's done it in a great way. So uh, I don't I don't know why he's got to leave. Can't help but wonder if he ever gets that offer to join you in that city of Dallas with the star on the side of their helmet, but we'll move on. Coach, who's the best player you ever coached? <laughs> no, that's impossible. I have been so lucky, so blessed to have had so many great players, uh, you know, on different on each side of the ball. That that would be impossible. You know, you uh, I could go on and on about I've had. So uh, I, I couldn't say. Coach, I, you know, obviously one of the big topics this week has been this California Act fair pay for play. I know you got uh, a bunch of California kids when you were at OU, guys like Kenny Stills and Tony Jefferson, although this rule would be for the California colleges. We're going to talk about that um, after we let you go here. And I just wanted to get your take, your opinion on this fair pay to play stuff and how you see it playing out in college athletics. Well, my big concern about it would be just the, uh, you know, the opportunity to recruit, um, you know, the, the imbalance in recruiting, uh, if it ever creates an imbalance, we're all done. Uh, you know, who knows where this would lead, uh, from there. Um, so that's, that's the one part being a former coach and part of it, you want, you all want to be on the same playing field when it comes to recruiting. Uh, and, you know, developing your team uh, through recruiting. And as soon as that is not the case, then uh, something has to be done uh, to correct it. But do you think players deserve to make money off their name, image, or likeness? Yes or no? Yeah, to, to whatever degree, yes. Uh, and, they, and they already are. Um, you know, players are given money, you know, on for, for weekends, for travel home. The system's already better than it was five, ten years ago uh, by a long shot. Uh, now, how you keep making it better, I, I think it just needs to be equitable. It, need, it needs to be the same for everybody. And, um, and let's, you know, you know, we, re, we do reinvest all this money in, in the players and in the facilities, dorm rooms, uh, trading facilities, meal money. Uh, you know, snacks you know, throughout the day. Uh, so a lot of it is coming back to them. You know, how you how you make it fair, you know, for everybody is going to be the tricky part of it. Um, you know, so so we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, uh, you know, it, it's there's a there's a lot of I think side streets uh, to this avenue they're going down to that really I think need to be looked at and uh, thought through. All right, having a little bit of an issue on the Skype shot there. Wish we could talk to you all day. Coach Bob Stooks, Oklahoma Sooners, 10 Big 12 titles, national championship, the author of the book No Excuses, The Making of a Head Coach. Up next, he goes to the XFL, GM, head coach of the Renegades. Best of luck with that and the book, sir. Thank you. Thanks, David Ross. Thanks for having me. All right, Ross, great stuff there from the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners for so many years. I spent some time in Tulsa covering Coach Stoops and always remember the way 
he stepped into a room, into the press conference, and everyone, grown men, young kids like me, everybody just sat up so straight and paid so much attention. That guy commanded a room like few I have ever covered in my career. Interesting to get his thoughts on whether or not players should be paid. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. And I think he makes some good points. Frankly, I thought Mark Emmert made some good points. We'll get to all that a little bit later because I think this is a discussion that's not going to be going away anytime soon. And by the way, the hiring crisis isn't going away anytime soon. It's hard, really hard right now to find qualified employees for your business. That's why you should absolutely check out ZipRecruiter. Look, my guy Dylan Miskowitz from Cafe El Tora, he needed a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. He was having trouble finding qualified applicants. That's why he switched to ZipRecruiter. They don't depend on candidates finding you. They find them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidate supply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants. Filter, coffee, get it? So he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Tucker, wanted to get Bob Stoops' thoughts on a couple of questions, but since the shot broke up, I just want to ask you, a couple of guys I wanted to ask him about if they could find a home in the XFL. Because what they're looking at is some of those players on the fringe of the XFL or the NFL. The only player we know that has signed a contract is quarterback Landry Jones. You would think the former Sooner might be joining Stoops' program there in Dallas. But Antonio Brown, Colin Kaepernick, Trevor Lawrence. Do you think any of those three fit what the XFL may or may not do? So I don't think that a guy like Bob Stoops, I don't think he'd have any interest in Antonio Brown. I don't know if he'd have much on Colin Kaepernick. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting for a college guy, if he was the one that got a guy like Trevor Lawrence, man, would that ruffle some feathers before Trevor Lawrence was eligible for the NFL. But I don't really think, you know, in all sincerity, I think Bob Stoops just wants to coach, quote unquote, normal guys and get paid to do it in Dallas, Texas. I think it's more on Oliver Luck and Vince McMahon to decide how they want to run this league. Do they want the attention, the eyeballs, the notoriety that goes along with Antonio Brown and Colin Kaepernick? Because there would be a lot and they could get it. They would just have to pay for it. Same with Trevor Lawrence. And I bet they're having those meetings right now. They got to decide who they want to be. Do they want to do whatever it takes to try to get eyeballs and notoriety and publicity for the new league? Or are they happy just having a, a league, quarter like the AAF, 
that has solid football players playing solid football and thinking that if it's well-funded, that will be good enough. I've said this before. I think any player that truly values their feet, their future and lasting 10 or 12 or 15 years in this game should not consider playing in anything owned by Vince McMahon. I certainly don't think Trevor Lawrence would consider it, nor do I think any quarterback should ever consider it. I think the risk of injury there, I just feel like it's far too great. Though we haven't seen the product yet, the only thing we know that will be different is the extra points. I think they have a, a one a two and a three, I believe, in terms of different point values for moving further out on extra points. All right, let's move to some baseball now. There are four, four divisional games today. It starts at two o'clock and the baseball won't wrap up until about midnight. So for folks like me and Kevin Millar, it is 10 hours of action. Let's bring in Kevin Millar, the host of Intentional Talk. Kev, good to see you, Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. If you had to just watch one, I know you got to watch all of them, and I know one of them's on the MLB Network, so don't say it just for that reason. If you could watch <laughs> one of the four games, Rays Astros, Cardinals Braves, Twins Yankees, Nationals Dodgers, one game, what are you watching and why? Uh, it's, you know what? I, probably the Yankees and Twins. Let's be honest. The Yankees and Twins. You fraud. Hey, I know, I know. It's just you, you're talking about just power, right? We, we, we all we've talked about were two teams. The Twins hit over 307 home runs. They broke records. The Yankees' power. So I think that we're just in this. We're just in this mindset. Can the Twins out homer the Yankees? You know, and I think you, I don't know if there's going to be a perfect sheet because a lot of people looked at the you know, Yankees and the Astros series going to be unbelievable, and the Dodgers going to get back to the World Series, but. I always thought there's going to be an upset. It's not going to be perfect. And we'll see what happens. I just think that maybe it's going to be a tough time. The weather's beautiful here in New York. It's blue skies. It rained all day yesterday. It's going to be about 65 degrees. The ball might be flying out. That'll be the series I'm looking at game, game one. All right, let me go out in a different direction. Which of those four series has a team that likely could pull off an upset? The lowest payroll team in baseball the Rays, or is it somebody else of those three that could pull off a major upset? Yeah, the Rays are probably the answer because you saw them play. I think a lot of people, when that, that, that game was over in Oakland, we get a little side in the wild card. You see the Nationals beat the Brewers. It's like, oh, my God, the Nationals are going to come in and, you know, can they beat the Dodgers? And then you see what happens. Dodgers are a very good team, okay? The Rays, though, their arms, I think we all sat there goes, does everybody throw 99 now? Does everybody throw 99 miles an hour? Because it sure does look like that on the race side. So their path power arms, but let's not forget, just because we haven't seen the Astros in the last few days, they're a really good team. We haven't seen Derek Cole throwing 101 and Justin Berlander and, and Granke. And then that whole offensive lineup that they have one through nine, it's going to be a, a tough task. But when you have power arms like the Rays, they, they, they might be in that mix. <clears throat> Excuse me. The upset, though, I think the Twins could beat the Yankees. I'm not saying that because I'm a I'm a I'm a fake Red Sox groupie. I'm just telling you, I think the Twins' <laughs> offense doesn't get enough credit. And that team won over 100 games, and they played the same schedule as everybody else. Rocco Baldelli and these boys might upset the mighty Yankees. Kevin, I gotta tell you, first of all, you got a nice head of hair, man. I never actually saw your hair before <laughs> because you're always wearing a hat because you're always about to golf. You're always you're usually doing this in the locker room of the country club before you go out to golf. Now I know what your hair looks like. You got a good head of hair there, man. 
Hey, that's a great point. This is like I've been working for nine days. It's like this has been a grind. I've been in Jersey, Connecticut, and Atlanta, back here. So here we are. But, yeah, usually I'm coming. Let's see. We're trying to rush out there to go out there and get 18 holes in. Not today. I'll be in the travel day. Uh, the hair's getting a little grayer. I've let it grow out a little bit. I might need to go two guard high and tight. Next time you see me, it'll, it'll look like I'm uh, in a, in a summer, summertime haircut. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's let's get into the Ronald Acuna stuff. And yeah. I probably have a follow-up question to it, but I, I'm going to give you a blank canvas. Your thoughts on last night and all the hubbub about uh, Ronald Acuna. Tired. Tired. It, it disappoints me. It drives me crazy. This is the one time a year enough is enough. Go play the game hard and play it right. You can do all your branding and necklaces and looking in the dugout. And doing your stuff, I have no problem with that. The ball goes 27 rows deep like his home run did. But your pop-up to right field, I don't have time for you to jog and look in the dugout and throw the bat around if the ball doesn't go out. So then when it doesn't go out, you're embarrassed. And then when you're embarrassed, you're only on first base. And when you're only on first base, you should have been on second base. And now it's a different inning because now we get a ground ball over. Now you're on third. It just changes the dynamic of the game. There's little things in a baseball game. Every team has a chance to win. Sometimes it's a leverage spot in the second inning. First, ninth, seventh. But when you have lack of hustle at this stage, it's magnified. Your teammates don't like it. Your organization doesn't like it. Brian Snitker doesn't like it. Your manager, you're embarrassing the Braves. The name on the back, Ronald Acuna Jr., wonderful player, young kid. Alex Anthopoulos gave you $100 million, the GM for the Braves. Go ahead and make him proud because that wasn't a proud moment last night. So I gotta I gotta tell you, Kev, like I played really hard. That was my thing. Uh hustle, aggressive, all of that stuff. So I would absolutely be that guy that is running as hard as I can, all that stuff. But I also kind of think I might have been the guy that admired my home runs. You know what I mean? Like I kind of think if I thought I hit a homer, I'd be like, Yeah, that is sweet. So I'm I'm kind of in between on this one. I mean is that crazy talk, or do you understand where I'm coming from, where I would hustle in every aspect, but if I thought I hit a homer, I might kind of, you know, preen a little bit and check it out. Crazy talk. The reason why I say crazy talk, you owe it to the 25 poor guys in that clubhouse. You could do all your stuff. Like I said, you, you hit a home run, we know when it's gone. You hit the, the marginal, like, opposite field fly ball home run, and you don't know it's gone. You, the worst case scenario, run, and then when it goes out and the umpire's doing this, then you can do your thing. You can look in the dugout. You can pat your chest. But it's tired when you're on first base. It's a tired scene when the ball hits the wall and you're on first base. And that's all I'm saying. So you can do everything you want. You can do a backflip, cartwheel. But when the ball doesn't go out, it's tired. And especially in this stage. This is the postseason. You're trying to win 12 games for the ring. You've worked all year long from March to now. Is it worth it? That's all I'd ask you. Is it worth it to be embarrassed on national television and for us to sit here and be spending, you know, three and a half minutes of wasting time at seeing if Brock Cooney Jr. should have ran the ball out? And part of this, Kevin, when we're talking to Kevin Millar, the host of Intentional Talk on MLB Network, is this clash between the old and the new. And it's interesting because Major League Baseball started this ad campaign right before the first game. We play loud. It was young. It was brash. It was cocky. It was a bit of a Latin feel. And most baseball fans said, huh? 
what the hell game are you talking about? This isn't the game that we're seeing every day. Which is it? Well, I'm going to tell you, I just think that you can let them play, play loud. I'm all about it. It's a new generation. We adapt also, okay? Baseball isn't a very exciting sport if you're not a baseball player or into baseball. It's not a very exciting viewing sport if you really don't know about it, right? We Football's an event we talked about before. Basketball, up and down the court, blah, 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 blah. Baseball's methodical. You kind of sit around, okay? So now we have a little more personality. You know, there's there's necklaces now, and we got earrings, and we got hats sideways, and we got baggy uniforms. I'm all in. Fine. And we adapt. We're in the hip-hop generation. I'm all in. Perfect. The only thing I'm not in is you got one job. Play the game hard. Play the game right. That's it. You could do all of that stuff, but you can't jog. You can't jog. And so unless you go deep, and when you go deep, you do what you want. That ball wasn't deep. He's at fault. I'm sure he feels bad, but they've already talked about this. See, he's already been benched for doing the same thing during the year. So what that tells me is you haven't learned. You haven't learned from the discipline of being pulled out of the game and put on the bench back in August. Okay? Good kid. I'm not saying he's not a bad kid, but we have to we have to learn these next 10 days. We don't have time for that, Ronald. We're down 0-1. Whether or not that base running play was part of it. I know you hit the two-run home run when we were down by four. And then we're patting our chest and we did the stutter step around third. We're still down by two. That wasn't a tying home run. That wasn't a go-ahead home run. We're still down by two. So I, you know what? We lost. We're all one. Figure it out now moving forward. All right. So here's my question, Kevin. Um, I love postseason baseball. And I can't watch a second of regular season baseball. We've talked about it before how much more intense postseason is. Every pitch matters. Every at-bat matters. What do you think about expanding the postseason so that the wild card game, let's get two more teams in the playoffs. Let's have a whole other round. And if we have to, we can cut the regular season to 154. If we all agree that postseason baseball is much better, why don't we make it longer and make the boring stuff shorter? Because that's just, that's the way it is. I don't think we're going to start messing with schedules and doing all that stuff. Mark Tarosa in the house. Where's he at? There he is. Mark, just, what's up, you know man? What? How are you? It's a good-looking Italian kid over here from New Jersey. <laughs> but my, my, my thing is, I, I, yeah, we love postseason, but that's 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 most sports. We love playoff hockey, right? We love playoff basketball. If you ever watch the NBA, first 25, 30 games, it's the most boring thing in the world because there's no defense. No one cares. It doesn't matter until we get 12 teams, make the postseason, then we watch it. The baseball's the same way, okay? You can shorten the season. You can talk about that. The season's too long. It's been like that. It's what we're trained to do as the baseball player. It's not that bad uh, from the from the fan side of it. Yeah, postseason baseball needs to be. Uh, you know, I, I I just don't think we mess around the schedule. I just think you enjoy the postseason the way it is. The wild cards are great. Kev, can you do me a favor, real quick? Can you ask yeah. uh, Mark DeRosa if it bothers him every day that he wasn't yeah, able to get accepted to a real Ivy League school like Princeton? Does it bother you every day that you didn't get accepted to a real Ivy League school like Princeton? <laughs> he gave a he gave a belly laugh. The Princeton football team should have let me in. He said the Princeton football team should have let him in. <laughs> nice. That's our problem. Whenever we're not good, whenever we're not good, it's because people like Mark or Jay Fiedler or these guys want to come to Princeton and the admissions people won't let them in. You should have taken he the SATs whatever. again, Mark. One more time. He said, 
that's the problem with Princeton. Whenever you or Jay Feeler want to be let in, you should have taken the SAT admissions thing or whatever. Whatever to say. You guys are starting to talk too too smart. LA City Junior <laughs> College and Lamar University, guys. Enough with your Ivy League talk. No shit, Kev. I'm I a should, state school I should guy. cheat off you guys. <laughs> I mean, these nerds, man. Let's get it back to God. our level, man. Who's Who studying? needs these? I mean, God. Freaking nerds. <laughs> nerds. God, all right. Back to baseball, you geeks. Okay, so seven managerial openings now, Kev. The Mets fire Mickey Calloway after 86 wins. Should he have been fired? And if you could go take over a clubhouse, if you could manage one of these seven teams, who is it and why? Yeah, I'm not a fan of firing Mickey Calloway. I'll be honest with you. He was nine games over from what he did last year. Um, I felt that this team played good the last three months of the year. The trading deadline got weird. They got Marcus Stroman. Also, this team got hot, and I was in there back in the mix. I don't know anything behind the scenes, okay? That's one thing. I'm not in that clubhouse. But from an outsider looking in, I thought Mickey Calloway deserved at least going into the season, at least getting the first half, at least understanding, like, hey, maybe we're, maybe where we're at. But if Edwin Diaz would have done his job and didn't blow 10 saves, you could have added another seven, eight wins in that record. So all of a sudden, now they're close to 20 games over 500. That grants you to get fired. But because a guy and their closer, their big closer, didn't do his job, Mickey Calloway gets fired. And I thought it was an unfortunate firing. Well, speaking of unfortunate, Kev, can you tell me what you think is going to happen or at least what you think should happen with Gabe Kapler and the Phillies? You know, that's my squad. Your squad is the Phillies. Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. The thing about it, I don't understand this, is that if Gabe Kapler was to lose his job, now we have eight positions opened. So now start doing the math. That means staff members are going too. So now all of a sudden there's 40 to 50 staff members' positions open. It's a weird dynamic. Like – we need a new voice. This is the thing. The front office never gets fired. Neil Huntington sitting in Pittsburgh that made a deal for Chris Archer, and you're sitting over here, Tyler Glass now, and Austin Meadows, who are almost two all-stars. Tyler was on his way. He got hurt. But, like, how come he's not fired? I'm not saying I want him fired. I'm just saying the front office gets a hall pass. So they get to make all these moves. Some don't work. You know, you bring in Diaz. You bring in Cano. You bring in this stuff. But Mickey goes. So there's just some stuff that, like, managers, it takes time. There's only one team that's going to win this World Series this year. So we're going to fire the other ones that don't that don't make it. The Dodgers don't win the World Series. What if the Dodgers don't get to the World Series? It's like a World Series or bust. That's the big question. Is it? I mean, it's tough to get to the World Series. And there's going to be one winner. And we've seen some great World Series the last 16. You know, Rajai Davis, Homer's off Chapman, and the ties the game to the Cubs. They have the big Jason Hayward speech after the rain delay. They win 17. The Astros, Hurricane Harvey. What a great World Series. Might be the best World Series I've ever seen. Dodgers, Astros, then we come back and get Sox and Dodgers, you know, then we come back, here we are this year. So I just, the whole firing and like, who are we bringing in? Uh, then we yeah. say, who are we going to bring in? You know, like fire him and then now what? Who's coming in? Carlos Beltran, we've heard a little bit. Is he the guy? Come on, Mel. I don't know. I, but I don't know what's on behind the scenes. Yeah, and it's interesting if you have eight openings or even if you have seven, who are the high-quality seven candidates for those jobs? We know that Joe Madden is going to have his pick of jobs, but you didn't answer the question, which of these openings, if you could come manage, and we would love to see that, who would you manage and why? Is it the Cubs? Cubs probably because of the relationship with Theo Epstein. I would like relationships. I think life's about relationships. You know, you sit here and be a field manager and give the hit and run sign and the bunt defense. I'm going to come in and be a great clubhouse guy. I get all that stuff and blah, 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 rah, rah, rah. 
But as a field manager, yeah, you want a relationship with the front office because obviously the front office is here and fires and hires. Mike Rizzo for the Nationals, I think, what's he had? Five managers since he's been on the gun? We've had Matt Williams. We've had Davey Johnson. We've had Dusty Baker. We've had this guy. we got Dave Martinez. He wasn't looking good in May when they were like 27 games under 500. They gave him some breathing room, and he also in this team had the best record with the Dodgers from, you know, end of May on. So, yeah, I mean, things happen. It's a baseball season. You know, you kind of go up and down. You get injuries. And, you know, Aaron Boone had a bazillion injuries. You didn't hear him moan once. They just kind of kept plugging along, and everybody they put in turned to magic. Some years aren't like that. But, uh, yeah, Cubs would be the guy. Do you think, Kevin, and this is last one for me, do you think a lot of these teams are firing their managers and maybe even the Phillies are still debating it because they want Joe Madden? And if a team, you know, supposedly the Angels really want Madden, do you think that they are interested in Madden because of his baseball success or uh, do they think that maybe he could help bring in more season tickets or more notoriety because of his, his name? Yeah, he's established himself, right? He's making $6 million a year this year, so he's he's already in the upper echelon. Most of these hires are cheap hires, so I could, you could do and do what I say to do, right? You, you know, I'm, I'm going to pay you at $925,000 or $850,000, I think Dave Roberts was making before these extensions went on. And so they're cheap hires. You know, they're going to be, you know, do what you say, but a guy like Joe Mann's got some authority, right? You're paying him five to six million bucks. He's a veteran. He's been managing for a long time. World Series champion. My opinion, he ends up in uh, Anaheim. That's just me going back and drinking red wine. It's where he started with Mike Sosha. We'll see what happens. He loves the swirl there on the West Coast. No doubt. Seems likely. Last question from me is, what's the one player we will learn about throughout this postseason that the country is not truly aware of? Obviously, Walker Bueller made quite an emphatic statement last night. Is there anyone else that we're going to be shocked by this type of talent? Who's the left-hander for the Braves that we love? Thank you very much. Max Fried. He only went one inning last night. And I'm just telling you right now, you watch his stuff. That's the one guy you're going to go, yeah. And then Snickers probably should have left him in for the entire game once they brought him in because he's filth. All right, Mark DeRosa. I mean, Kevin Millar, thanks for both of us for joining <laughs> us this morning. A great job by DeRosa as well. Uh, Kevin Millar is with Intentional Talk MLB Network. Don't forget tonight, Twins and Yankees on MLB Network, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Good to see you, sir. All right, boys. Thanks a lot. All right, enjoy this postseason. We'll check in next week. Ivy See League says Mr. goodbye. Mr. DeRosa, <laughs> Ivy League out. All right, when we come back, we are going to finally get to what Mark Emmert had to say about athletes taking money on image likeness in the NCAA, finally adding his voice to the chorus. We're going to take a quick break right here on Home and Home. Everyone has had an opinion over the last week about the California Fair Pay to Play Act, which of course allows college athletes to get paid for their name, image, and or likeness. Everyone has added their voice to the chorus, but we've been waiting and waiting and waiting on NCAA President Mark Emmert to enter this conversation, which he finally did. And now Mark Emmert has told the Indianapolis Star that if this California law went into effect, those student athletes would become professional employees of the school. He added that the complete elimination of rules is not acceptable. You should simply have, can't have a successful athletic association when we don't have any rules in place and you can't control the behavior 
of third-party systems. Mark Emmert, that interview with the Indianapolis Star, finally weighing in. We knew he did not like the California bill, but now at least he's telling us why. Your thoughts, Tucker? Very popular to just crush and bash the NCAA for everything. And there are a lot of things you can be critical of them for. I think one of which is probably being late to the party here and not doing anything on an inequitable issue until now, until they're forced to do it. But I think he makes a, a lot of really good points. And I have those same concerns. They really do at that point become employees they're no longer really amateur student athletes and i don't really know what the ncaa's purpose is then at that point i don't really think if there's a fair pay to play i guess you can say it's a level playing field because anybody can give as much money as they want to certain players i just I would like to see it regulated somehow, and I'm typically someone that doesn't like regulation. I like to let the free markets work, but when you're talking about trying to have competitive balance, I, I think that that's probably needed. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know that anybody does. I don't know that there's anybody out there that exactly knows what's going to happen. I'd yeah. be very surprised if the NCAA doesn't come up with some sort of of new policy before all these states start passing laws that sort of is all encompassing that does allow the players to get name and likeness maybe once they're at the school i think that's i i would like to see it happen that way but then how do you get around whether it's above board or under the table telling kids that they have they're going to have certain guarantees coming to them i just don't know how you i don't i don't know how you get around that once you kind of open up these floodgates two things are required here regulation and consistency and the the ncaa president mark emmert is correct when he says we can't have a national athletic association in charge of national tournaments and championships if each state creates its own law that is true but we're in this situation because the NCAA showed no leadership, had no foresight, had no awareness, and had no communication on where this issue was going and needed to go. The reason they are in this problem and this unwinnable situation is because of Mark Emmert, not because of the states. The states were doing this because they had to, because they were ahead of the NCAA, because Mark Emmert was never going to come along and realize that these athletes needed to get paid when everyone else was making billions of dollars. Mark Emmert is solely responsible for the problem here. Now look at this country when it comes to marijuana laws. We have the same problem. You've got individual states, a dozen of them that have legal marijuana like Colorado, like Washington, like California, like Massachusetts. But we've got this massive problem because those states don't know how to use our banking system because banks can't take money related to marijuana because at any time it could get seized. We are now sitting on that problem with a sports gambling issue that is popping up in states around the country, but federally no real consistency. The problem is the NCAA failed to lead. And who is now? Republican Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, you might know that name, sports fans, because, of course, he was a standout receiver at Ohio State and also a Colts wide receiver. 
He is taking the lead on this, at least trying to, in Congress by proposing a federal, a national law, but he went to Ohio State. Of course, we've talked about Gene Smith. Gene Smith is the head of the committee on name, image, and likeness. And because of that tie, Anthony Gonzalez is going to wait and see what the NCAA does. They're having these meetings, and they're supposed to come to conclusions and guidance and suggestions by the end of the month. So perhaps Gonzalez finds some support in November. This problem is one of the NCAA's making. They showed no leadership, and now they're going to have to clean it up. Right, and I let me play devil's advocate, okay? Let's yep. pretend like you run the NCAA. Yep. Why would you have a policy that pays the student-athletes until you have to? In all sincerity, if you look the right at this thing to as... Do. Well, it's the okay, right that, thing to do. Okay, that, that's, that's a fine answer. Yeah. I think they would argue that They've already been taking steps like that with the transfer portal, with red shirting, with uh, cost of attendance money that these student athletes now get. But even even that notwithstanding, Dave, um, I think there are a lot of businesses out there that let me ask you this. OK, do you have anybody do you have anybody that does any work at your house? Yes. Like, do they mow your grass or anything like that? Like, I have a big yard, so I have somebody that mows my grass. Do you? Same. Okay. I don't know how much you pay, and we won't get into that, right? But couldn't I argue that you should pay them more? Because that's a really hard job. It's hot. It's sunny. And it'd be the right thing to do, Dave, if you gave them 50 more bucks than you do. You pay them what the market pays them. The market right. determines what they make. The market okay. does not determine what college athletes make. Mark Emmert does. And that's zero. Well, right. But the market was determining that. That was the rule. So he didn't have to change it. You say it's the right thing to do. He didn't have to change it until he was compelled to change it. He was in a situation where he didn't have to do it. The market was paying them a full scholarship. And by the way, if we're really going to talk about markets for college athletics, this mm -hmm. thing is going to get really, really crazy. It's not supposed to be a market. It's not supposed to be a profession. It's not supposed to be a job. Now, when you start talking about markets, now it's a job, and that's great. And I think they should get the money. But we're talking a totally different ball game now. There really was no market. Now there is. But now the problem with waiting on this and the time to start making some actual guidance and getting together with the university presidents would have been when Ed O'Bannon won that lawsuit. That was the time that you knew times are a changing and we better get on board quick and we better find a way to regulate this so it doesn't become the wild, wild west because that's where it is now. Because when you have California doing one thing, when you have and the real outlier here is the state of New York and the state Senator Parker, who we'll have on this program soon. He wants to start a proposal where it kicks in next year. And it isn't just name, image or likeness. It's the schools that are going to have to kick in somewhere around 15 percent of the athletic department revenues, which is a game changer and will really 
I would believe hurt some of those New York colleges big time. So what you're going to have is a patchwork system where Florida has its own, where South Carolina has its own. Pennsylvania now has two state representatives, Dan Miller and Ed Ganey, trying to get some legislation going in the state of Pennsylvania. So the time they knew when it was, they saw when it was, they were well aware of Ed O'Bannon winning that lawsuit and that they had to do something. And the advantage they had then, Ross, is name, image, or likeness. You're not requiring your schools to pay up for these athletes, which would run afoul of Title IX, which could negatively impact women's sports. You're also not having the TV networks getting in bed with these kids. This is the best thing that Mark Emmert could hope for. He just needs to figure it out, and he needs to get everyone in a room and figure out how they are going to get this monster under control. Right, and they will. So it's almost like an NFL contract, right? It's almost like uh, like the, the yeah. Cowboys may not pay Dak Prescott until they have to. And maybe that's the same way with the Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey. And at this point, look, I'm not saying the NCAA did the right thing at all. I'm just playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. here for this discussion and saying the NCAA didn't come up with a way for their athletes to get paid until they had to. And if we're really talking strictly name this for current college athletes and not using it as a conduit for recruiting and boosting the program. I wonder, Dave, how many athletes are really that valuable and also how much of their value is based is that they have generated or it's based on the fact that they happen to be the quarterback at Alabama. In other words, Tua Tungo-Vailoa can certainly, I'm sure, clean up in Alabama right now on name, image, and likeness. I'm sure. But how much of that is value that he strictly you know, created for himself? And how much of the value would go to whoever happens to be the starting quarterback at the University of Alabama? There's just a lot of really interesting aspects of this to me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.